magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Oh, good morning. It is Friday, July 7th. Thank God it, it is, is Friday. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. That voice piping in is Tony Kinnett. Of course, Rob Kendall is on his last day. We believe his last day of paternity leave. He'll be back on Monday. I heard he's making a pretty good dad so far. Yeah? Yeah. Does I, that surprise you? No. And I'm sure he's a fantastic dad. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, first of all, he named his his kid, he gave the his kid the middle name of Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, already, really good Already, dad, he's as far as knocking it out of the yeah. park. And yeah. did I think you saw he's like also reading the Federalist Papers? Yes. Already? That's fa- I mean, that's 10 out of 10. I was reading, I think, The Hobbit uh, to my uh, newborn a couple of weeks after um, she had made the journey mm-hmm. uh, through the canal. So, I mean, you know, great, great parenting always starts with reading complex literature to your, <laughs> to your kids. It's a good place to start, right? It is. I've got some stuff for you this hour that I, I've kind of thrown your way. Okay. So, uh, you know, Moms for Liberty, it's a parental group that uh, advocates for parental rights. They mm-hmm. announced on June 20th yep. that Democrat presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. would be speaking at their annual Joyful Warrior Summit in Philadelphia. Yeah, but was then big news because, you know, he's a Democrat. Yeah. And he speak. Yes. Yeah. But then his is uh, he a Democrat? Well, uh, yes, because he has a lot of social. He agrees with Democrats socially on like 70 percent of the social issues. Mm-hmm. He does. Like okay. at the end of the day. And I mean, know. I know he's running under a Democrat ticket. It's just sometimes right. he, he walks that line. Right. He, and he also says very he said very clearly a couple of times that that Teddy, he would basically vote a lot like Teddy or, okay. or approve like Teddy. And that's 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 a Democrat. That's pretty liberal. Okay. All right. Well, so, he, he was going to speak at this thing. Yeah. And then what happened like a week later? His campaign released a statement saying that he had a schedule change and that he could no longer speak at the summit. And then, but like, why? And they're like, oh, family reasons. You know, he wants to spend time with his family. And is that what it was? Like, oh, that's what that's what was said by the campaign. Okay. And uh, this is my new report by the Daily Signal. It's gotten mm-hmm. a lot of mixed reactions because a lot of people really like RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to the campaign, oh, fam- so I thought, okay, well, family reasons. That you know, I thought at the time he's backing out, but they're doing it in a dignified manner. Okay, sure. fair enough. Uh, so then that night, he goes on a News Nation town hall up in New Hampshire, and he's pressed by this absolute hack goofball uh, who says, so you agreed to speak at Moms for Liberty, and they want to cancel my gay marriage. They want to they ban that in the country. You know, how could you do it? And so he begins and says, well... Uh, I didn't really schedule it. It was some female staffer, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, that's lie number one. I have actually read the emails between his campaign uh, and also his campaign manager, uh, good old Dennis. And I've seen the phone call records where Kennedy himself, his private phone number, uh, was talking uh, talking to Tiffany Justice about it. So that's lie number one. You know what? I think we have. Uh, g- keep going. Go ahead. Finish. So in the span of 24 hours, his campaign gave a bunch of different reasons why he didn't go to the conference. Yeah. So, yeah, then he himself, he gets up on that that stage and he basically says four different answers 
three or four of which contradict even his own statement, not even talking about the campaign. So he blames it on a staffer, and then he says that he did it, but he backed out. Mm-hmm. And then he said, oh, it's a schedule change. Oh, no, it's because they're, they're against gay marriage, and I agree. I don't like that either, which, by the way, they're not. They literally like have a lesbian on their national board and like featured a, like, a gay group at the conference. Um, so that also wasn't true. And then he, then he backs it up again and he says, well, we're a new campaign. So we're, we're like accepting invitations all the time. And, and no one in my campaign even looked into them where, you know, this is like some new staffer that we only are allowed to hire people in April. Three director level employees were on that email thread and provided both a bio and a headshot for Moms for Liberty to display all the way back in mid-June. So he's he's lying, and then he lied and lied and lied again, and he threw a female staffer under the bus in order to do so. Okay, so we've got some audio of that. He denies knowledge of his involvement in accepting the invite to the Moms of Liberty Summit, and then, yeah, he's blaming it on a female staffer. I didn't speak in front of that group, and uh, when I uh, when I when somebody on my staff accepted that invitation, I was unaware of it. I need to interrupt you for one second. As a congressional, former congressional staffer, if if somebody who's elected blames staff, that's the wrong answer. Mm. You have to take responsibility for agreeing to speak before those groups. Can you pause that for Uh, just a second? uh, You know, I'm so. Just want to clarify this real quick. That that random staffer is his director of scheduling. Oh, really? That is his director of scheduling. Yes. Are some staff? And he's like stuttering through this. By the way, he doesn't normally talk like this. He's usually a little more direct. Mm He's like, uh, some random staff member, your director of scheduling, he who then forwarded that to yeah. your director of marketing and your director of communications. Yeah. You're lying. Okay, so can we keep going with it? Absolutely. Keep her going. I didn't speak in front of that group. Beginning of a campaign, I have no you know, long-term staff. We weren't allowed to even uh, raise money until April 5th. So I'm scaling a campaign very, very quickly, and I accept a lot of invitations without the capacity to look into. And I know Teddy had, you know, 86 members on his staff. Um, but when, you know, a member of my staff, through no fault of her own, who's uh, I accepted that, and so I, he's saying I she's wrong for doing that it. was their position, I, I, I declined to go. Oh, um, I, there's nobody, there, there will be nobody in the Oval Office who is more uh, supportive of LGBTQ rights than, than I am. So he, he says, you know, when I found out that was their position, the position that he's alluding to is, is the guy saying they want to cancel my gay marriage. No, there's no, no, no. First of all, there's no emails that ask about that policy. Number two, there is no policy for moms. For, but again, they, they host a lesbian and a very lesbian marriage on their national board. Uh, and they focus specifically on parental rights. Uh, so, it, it's it's so tiresome. So you don't think that this was uh, an instance where he was going into the lion's den and then changed his mind? You know what I think Trump would have done, honestly, in this situation, since we're talking about populists here, just mm-hmm. saying what the crowd wants to hear because mm-hmm. he's caving here and, and lying to do so. Trump would have said, I'll speak to whoever I want. Piss off. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. Seriously, well, just that would have endeared him to a ton of voters. Right. Wouldn't wouldn't it have been better for him to go, even if it was in opposition, opposing views? That way you can have a nice discussion, a discourse about I, it. I, I, would, I would have thought so. By the way, there were several, and by several, I mean close to a dozen. I didn't mm-hmm. speak with every one of them. Registered Democrats who are members of Moms for Liberty chapters that were at the event 
from Brooklyn down to New Orleans. So I, I'm not really seeing this kind of an excuse being now I'm getting ripped online. People are mad. They're like, well, everyone lies in the presidential, you know, every every politician lies. Okay, that's sure we can make that case, but that doesn't mean we should we not call it out anymore? If lying is just expected now, oh, and, and I no, I'm not saying I prefer Kennedy over Biden either. I hate them both. I don't. I don't like Kennedy. He's proven he's got what it takes to be a Democrat. He'll lie about whatever he's he lying. needs to do yeah. just to get your vote. There you go. It is 13 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett. And you wanted to, to uh, discuss this op-ed that was in Indie Star. It's adults who are fragile. Students can handle uncomfortable themes in class. Now, now when you think of uncomfortable themes, you mm-hmm. and I are probably thinking about like really tough books that really kind of gripped your heart. When you Like novels that are kind of difficult to get through. Mm-hmm. You know, some really tough spots like in To Kill a Mockingbird. It's a tough book to get through. You know, yeah. You're actually getting through The Grapes of Wrath near the end. Tough scene to get through. You know, Catcher in the Rye, same thing. That's not what this author is defending. This assistant professor wrote an op-ed saying that all children need to read Gender Queer. Which is the book that was on the summer reading list from the NEA. Yeah, right, right. That that book that features Mm -hmm. a, a, a child fantasizing in a little thought cloud with a picture of a child giving oral sex to an old Greek philosopher mm-hmm. you know, telling, you know, every kid should fantasize about pedophilia is, is quite the take. And by the way, this again comes right after a lot of parental groups in the Indiana area said very affirmatively, sexualization is not okay in the classroom. There are certain books that should not be in public school libraries. Go to a bookstore, go to your Books A Million, your Barnes & Noble, pick it up whenever you want, but this should not be in public school libraries or in the children's section of public libraries on the taxpayer dollar. And yet, the Indianapolis Star is publishing these op-eds you know, days later. Oh, it's so great. You know, all oh, parents need to know that the state owns your kids, mm-hmm. and we're going to give them these kind of books, whether you like it or not, because we know better than you do. Seems to me like the parental advocacy groups were right. Okay, so she, this op-ed is saying that students can handle these uncomfortable themes. But here's the deal. They shouldn't have to. That's the entire point. I'm so sick of the argument. Well, well, kids have already seen porn, so just show them whatever. Wait a minute. Well, hold on a second here. No, not true. Yeah, exactly. That's not true. But let's let's say it was true. Let's say that every 10-year-old across the country had been on a pornographic website. Let's say that. Does that now mean that like, oh, they've seen it. So like, all right, here you go. Full access all the time. It's good. Let's talk about it. No, no. Just because I had a student that, that watched in Milwaukee, a uh, very rough morning when I was teaching at an academy there uh, who had watched his father shot that morning. Mm. A horrible situation. Uh, you cannot in any way, shape or form tell me that what that child needed to see was more people being shot in front of him. That's not how that works. Just because you've seen something doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're cleared to engage with it forever. I have a source that says that the subscription rate from the Indie Star is falling rapidly. Uh, I can confirm. It's low. Yeah, I can can confirm that. Uh, I talked to a few individuals on the inside of the Indianapolis Mm -hmm. Star. Their annual subscription rate is at a record low. Yeah. And uh, I, I just found out last week that Gannett is considering canceling the Indianapolis Star altogether, shutting its doors, Hmm. just like they did with the Columbus Dispatch. The Indianapolis Star makes no money. It's little employee byline strike is worthless and genuinely this by the way this is why you've seen a lot of the indie star journalists jumping ship and starting little non-profits like state affairs and the capital chronicle is the indie star is 
Its days are numbered, and I sure hope that they put up the name for sale because I would buy the Indianapolis Star in a heartbeat. Well, as soon as they start outsourcing the printing of the paper, that's when you know it's coming for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so quickly, let's talk about this boycott uh, of Bud Light and how the Federalist editorial director was on Newsmax, and she said that conservative boycotts actually do work. On average, only one in five people are going to boycott a brand and stick with it. Boycotts typically skew older, 25% of them counting as baby boomers. Uh, Bud Light is now selling for less than water is. So you can get Bud Light cheaper than water in some places. And we mentioned yesterday, Kid Rock is now selling Bud Light again in his Nashville bar and Ice Cube. I know Ice Cube, the rapper, you want to take everything he says. Um, But he said that the boycott is actually hurting the middle class because it's taking a hit with the distribution people who work there and also the delivery truck drivers. Um, So he's saying that this boycott is is hurting people that it's not supposed to hurt. So, so by the way, the the direct answer to that is that then the people that are in the middle class in the distribution should be very frustrated with the organization they work for taking that kind of a stance. You know, we are we hear about you know teachers' union strikes and and writers' guild strikes. Uh, how about all of the distrib- you know distributors just you know say no? I mean, if they're oh it's hurting them financially anyway, then then walk. And I'm not again I'm not trying to say light and say that you know I've been in difficult employment situations before where I had to work for someone I didn't agree with. But what Kylie is bringing up here, the editorial director for the Federalist, who also I, I happen to go to college with, we were good friends back in the day. Um, she's very right when she says that in order for a boycott to work, it has to be specific and targeted. Mm -hmm. It does not work when you just kind of throw this ambiguous, let's just boycott this one thing. It needs to be specific. It needs to be targeted. It needs to be in response to a direct thing. Otherwise, ain't going to work. People too. It's not just ticking off the customers. It's hurting 600 plus employees at the bottling plant. Look, Anheuser-Busch's their sales are plummeting. Uh, they cannot even give their beer away for free here in the Midwest. It's priced at $14.99 for a case. And then they're offering a $15 mail-in rebate. And the displays are still stacked from the floor to the ceiling. They cannot even give away their product. And I think that the main takeaway here is that conservative boycotts do work. You really can send the message, go woke, go broke. But the key is that you have to aim all of your fire at one or two or three manageable targets. Uh, if you want to send a deterrent message when you it's better to claim one one scalp and to send one message about you know ideological positions that mm-hmm. companies take than it is to inflict minor wounds across the board that everybody can just slap a band-aid on and move on and that's just that's not what happened with anheuser-busch we successfully claimed the scalp and their sales and the the layoffs are showing that yeah, year over year, they're down 26%, losing, I think, $23 million. I love it. Kylie's always so on point. Yeah. 10 it, out of 10. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You were just talking about Animal House earlier. That's right. I have uh, 
heard so many references in the last couple of days that it's going to be time to get that movie out and, uh, and watch it you again. You have to rewatch that. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, you'll be on double secret probation. Yes. It is 22 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett, who's filling in for Rob Kendall today. And uh, you can find him on Twitter at the Tonus. You can find me there as well, Casey Daniels 317. And uh, you know who you were not, you're not going to find there anymore is Jack Dorsey. He's the uh, former CEO. He uh, he was doing a podcast, and in it, he said he believes the CIA assassinated John F. Kennedy. He said 100% without a doubt, and that's because John F. Kennedy opposed escalating the Vietnam War. And it's kind of an interesting parallel to see that RFK Jr. is as well hated by the government and the media just as much as his uncle was. Okay, but he's not hated for that. Like, that, that's not the reason he's hated. I, I, so I hear this all the time. It's like, he, he must be right because he's hated. And it's like, well, no. Uh, so just because someone is disliked does not make them correct. Uh, I share, so for example, uh, Nick Fuentes is an alt-right nutcase who believes the Holocaust didn't happen and he's a horrible anti-Semite. And uh, the media universally hates him. That doesn't make him right. That doesn't make that, that necessary. Now, I'm, I'm not saying RFK Jr., you know, it is that he has a lot of crazy things that he says that mm-hmm. are not true, verifiably. And he has some things that he says that are true, verifiably. But just because he is hated by the media does not make everything that he is saying incorrect. As far as the you know the assassination of, of JFK by the CIA, that was literally Russia's, uh, excuse me, the Soviet Union's conclusion internally um, after the the assassination took place. I do not think that the CIA assassinated him personally, but I think that that isn't the case because I believe that based on what we know about Oswald, Mm -hmm. uh, he was a communist sympathizer that the KGB failed to recruit because they said he's kind of just a a parlor pink and he's he's kind of a radical. We don't know what he's going to do. The CIA and the KGB had a very good idea which agents were likely working for the other. Oswald was never listed as a possible CIA asset. And the KGB, like they knew, they Mm -hmm. knew very, very, it was so hard for us to get behind the iron curtain with intelligentsia. So the whole, well, it's actually far right oil barons who want to escalate the Vietnam war. And that's why, is it possible? Absolutely. But you know, is it possible because, you know, RFK Jr. thinks so? Well, no, I, I don't think that's really a good enough reason. I think all of that stuff should be declassified because the cold war is over. And I think that the CIA, along with the NSA and the FBI, should be abolished. But I do not think that I, that's enough evidence for me. I, I need more stuff. 60 years later. Yeah. They need to just let it all out. Yeah. Because I'm sure that what we're going to find is probably, and this is most likely, the CIA contemplated it. You're going to find internal documents where they said, let's think about it. And then it happened a couple of weeks later. Because, by the way, there ha- there were threats on JFK from the moment he got in office from from civilians. Everyone from angry Southerners to like those striking in California and Oregon at the time. And there were several attempts that made it out of the starting gates. Um, so I, again, I, could it be true? Absolutely. It could be, but not 100% without a doubt, Jack Dorsey which is what and, Jack Dorsey says, you know, RFK Jr. Yeah, here he is. I think the assassination of, of Kennedy by our own government was a major milestone. So you think the CIA killed JFK? 100% without a doubt. You feel like our own government killed the soul of America in the, in John F. Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, the, the. The, the reasons um, that at least have been articulated is, you know, there is a, he, he wanted to pull back. He, he distrusted the military industrial complex. He distrusted his generals. He distrusted the CIA. Um, 
and they were pushing him to do unnatural things like what happened in Cuba and do unnatural things like uh, Vietnam and continue to, to push. Two weeks after he died, maybe it was a, a week or maybe even a matter of days, um, his order was re reversed and we went full force into into Vietnam with, with Lyndon B. Johnson. Okay, so the one thing that Jack Dorsey does have correct here, Tony, is that uh, JFK, he was opposed to the three-letter organizations. Yeah. He did not trust them. And we've got, uh, we've got proof of that. Here is JFK's secret society speech, just a little part of it. How many people have either heard this or remember it? The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. So, oh, first of all, he's wrong. <laughs> like, I, it, we needed the, we needed the three letter agencies to win the Cold War. Intelligence is a very important part of waging war, mm -hmm. and because we waged war with the intelligence communities of Af the post World War II, we did not get into a hot war. So, very very ignorant statement. And also, as far as like the killing the soul of America thing. JFK was not a good person. I want to point that out, I, regardless of the fact that obviously assassinating the president was a horrible thing. JFK was a horrible womanizer. He treated his wife like garbage. Mm -hmm. He treated his kids like garbage. He was very dishonest. And he also had no idea what he was talking about. As his, by the way, as his Ivy League professors have confirmed later on, the dude was not smart. And to say, and to say this is the president about that and saying, like, well, the CIA is just like the Freemasons. They're all evil. Oh, my God, Chan LeBing. Like, <laughs> stop. No, I think that this is one of those. I think this is like the moon landing stuff, honestly. I just don't. I just don't think. I'm just not convinced there. Could I be convinced? Yeah, but not by the way that these are. This is. And not by the, the former CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. Especially, no, especially. No. Did he cite anything? No. Right. It's he didn't. Just, He's just like, well, I really think it happened. Okay. Oh, okay. Do you, do you have maybe a source? This is like Laura Loomer the other day tried to convince me that uh, that Ron DeSantis written executive order that was to send Ukrainian National Guard troops or to send Florida to Ukraine. There's no there's no executive order. Show me the paper. Show me the source. She can't. No. Because it didn't happen. All right. We've got a lot of voicemails, and we're going to get to those coming up. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Oh, it is that time of day for your questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever you'd like to contribute with voicemails. 317-684-8444. That is the phone number. We got a lot of really good phone calls, Tony. Oh, just a just a quality batch. And a couple of eh, questionable ones. But we're going to air those anyway uh, because it's Friday. So let's just get right to it. Yesterday when Hammer was here, we had a little game of hit the post and somebody wanted to comment on that. 
Hey, KCA, Kevin Hayes, whoever the guest is today, because <laughs> Mr. Booty Judge is still out. <laughs> I just want to say that I'm a little disappointed today. You know, I just listened and heard the uh, the, the game of post that y'all did with Hammer, and considering what's in the news, y'all should have done one with the song, you know, Cocaine with Eric Clapton. Y'all could have had some fun with that one. Just saying. Have a good one. That's a good idea. We could have done that based on what's uh, in the news today with cocaine in the White House. Kevin, where were you with that? We haven't even used that as bumper music. Yeah, I wasn't really sure. I was going to clear that with you. Uh-huh. I think you definitely need to fire that up. Yeah. I, if, I, if memory serves, that has a long intro. So that would have been a long time to, for someone to hit the post on that yeah, one. Yeah, true. Okay, uh, another question about music on the talk show. Uh, somebody was asking about our Spotify account. Hey, this boy mails for Kevin and Casey. Let's go back in the way back time machine. You guys advertised that you were going to put your bumper music on uh, Spotify. Well... Back in June, Kevin was really knocking it out of the park with his uh, bumper music. And there were songs I wanted to listen to, and I went to the Spotify. And it's like, you guys haven't posted anything in forever on that. Is that kind of gone by the wayside, or you just not keeping up on it? Or what's the deal with your Spotify Bumper music. Just curious. Bye. Kevin. Well, you were in charge of the uh, putting the playlist <laughs> oh, together. There's I'm the gonna, buck I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Yeah, but you need to give me the list. <laughs> yeah, but you, I thought, so here's the deal. Kevin. I thought you got tired of my music and you stopped. <laughs> I, I was giving you the list and you weren't putting the playlist together. No, that's not and, so wait, wait a minute. It's just all I was this updating is. It. All this is is just a playlist of music that you've played on bumper music. It's the bumper music, and we have a Kendall and Casey Spotify account, and we've been listing all of the songs. Well, I think part of the problem was you were repeating songs. They we weren't getting new music to the list. So. I sprinkle in new songs <laughs> and I and I have uploaded songs to the main playlist. Mm-hmm. But you were the the ones he's referring to are the daily playlists. The daily ones, yeah. And they seem to be repeating, so Do you got how many followers do you have on that Spotify playlist? All of them. Oh. All of them. Oh. Yeah. So I guess uh, we need to get back on that, huh? Yeah, I guess so. We'll start on Monday. (laughs) It is the uh, Kendall and Casey playlist on Spotify. That's what he's talking about if you're interested. Okay, so we were talking about movies yesterday, Tony. You've got the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning movie that's coming out. And then we also talked about that ridiculous Barbie movie that's on the way, which, by the way, is being released on the same day as the Oppenheimer movie. And I'm looking forward to the Oppenheimer movie, just for the record. When my daughter was home last night, she was telling us this, this whole trend online where people are calling it Barbenheimer, where in the morning they're going to go see the Barbie movie and then in the afternoon or in the (laughs) evening they're going to go see the Oppenheimer movie because they're both coming out on the same day. I will say I did did find out via an article from my colleague that the Barbie movie is starting to get a little bit of pushback because Mm -hmm. one of the actors is, uh, and I do say actors, who plays one of the Barbies is trans yeah, and kind of grossly so. So yep. that's good fun there. But somebody had called and uh, mentioned something about a different movie that we should go see. Hi, Casey. Listening to you and Jim yesterday, he commented on how he loves to go see movies. So maybe instead of seeing Indiana Jones, you both should go see Sound of Freedom. 
it is a movie that is it's not uplifting it's awful it's based on a true story go ahead and look it up and see what it's all about but every american should see it regardless of what side of the fence you sit on it is a huge it's about child trafficking and it is obviously a huge problem in our society and everybody should go see it so go buy your tickets and find a theater and uh it makes you think it just truly sits with you for a while thanks again god bless so I do want to point out here that The Sound of Freedom is not like a lot of other political documentary films that normally just kind of come and go in the box office. So Indiana Jones just released as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Sound of Freedom topped the charts with $14.3 million in mm-hmm. ticket sales mm-hmm. at 2,634 theaters on the 4th of July, according to Box Office Mojo. Indiana Jones came in second with $11.7 million, And Disney's Elemental, which is trash, it's a Pixar film that is bombing right now. Only 2.8 million at 3,600. So Indiana Jones is at 4,600 theaters, only makes 11.7 million. So a bunch of empty theaters, right? Mm -hmm. At almost half that, you have The Sound of Freedom making 14.3 million. So a lot more full theaters. I I mean, it apparently seems to be pretty impactful. Maybe a lot of Americans care about the sex trafficking epidemic in our country. Yeah, it's definitely doing a lot at the box office. As it, as it should be. Yeah, and it stars uh, Jim Caviezel. That's how you say his name. I think and so. He's been doing a lot of uh, talk shows and getting word out about the movie Sound of Freedom. And I, I thank you for the phone call because that has been popping up. And I was wondering when we would, would, would talk about the Sound of Freedom moving. And they're saying that the streaming release date, uh, there's rumors that it may be coming out in months. Now, so, I, I do want to point this out, though, because th- there's a deadline reporter who's all upset because Angel Studios, who produced the film, uh, they have a system that they do. And they did this for The Chosen as well, which is a very popular uh, documentary series on the life of Christ. And they have this thing called Pay It Forward. And what that is, you know, you guys know what pay it forward is kind of in the fast food context. You buy your ticket and you maybe pay for someone else's ticket. Mm. And there's this deadline reporter who's angry. He's like, well, that doesn't count. It doesn't count if you pay for someone else's ticket. You're still paying for the ticket. I'm sorry that people are putting money into this movie. I mean, imagine liking a movie so much that you are paying for someone else's ticket. Mm -hmm. That's not the insult he thinks it is. Yeah. Well, they're saying that it might go to streaming as early as fall. So really? Yeah. Within just a couple months. Something to look forward to. Absolutely. Okay. And by the way, in that movie, it's called Sound of Freedom. And we've got another call about uh, the game of Clue. Hey, guys. Got a riddle for you. Uh, speaking of the cocaine found in the White House, one wonders if it was Professor Plum in the library with an envelope, or maybe Miss Scarlet in the West Wing uh, lobby with a baggie, or perhaps it was Colonel Mustard in the executive entrance with a vial, or lastly, maybe it was Hunter in the Oval Office with a Coke spoon. <laughs> One thing we know for sure, Biden doesn't have a clue. Uh, Enjoy the show. Take care. Biden doesn't have a clue. That's a good one. Have you seen the video of Hunter Biden on the balcony at the White House? This was during the 4th of July fireworks celebrations, and he's walking behind Jill Biden, and he looks like he rubs his nose. And I've seen almost like Zapruder film style breakdown of that video where people are saying Jill Biden knows. 
Like he looks like he is. So we're we talking about when they're on like the balcony, like on a balcony kind of situation. And so Biden's standing, and yep. then he he pivots away from Jill, mm-hmm. and he brings his hand up to his nose. To his nose. Well, he brings his wrist up to his nose. Okay. It looks so like. people are saying he was was he doing a bump right there? Well, that's the, I mean that's the you know. And she kind of turns her head like she could hear a sniff, and then she looks over at Joe Biden and sees an empty shell of a man, and then she just starts kind of dancing bopping around like she looks nervous like oh boy. so i i don't i don't know if that's true i don't put a lot of stock into kind of the frame by frame emotional judgment of individuals mm-hmm. i don't i think that's body language it's kind of a slippery slope when you when you get into talk like because the other side does that too if you remember the nicholas sandman thing it's like well you can see him smirking a nazi smirk at the native american he's making fun of and it's like ah uh, no you don't I, know what was no in that person's absolutely head. so i maybe not there but i will say i did see this video i saw jack Prosobiak tweeted it and uh yeah it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, but uh, I've got the answer. And if you missed the first segment of the show today, it was the cocaine bear that did it. That's right. Um, okay, so one more phone call. We'll take a break, and then we've got more calls we're going to get to. And uh, Gert called again today. Hey, Rob and Casey. This is Gert again. It's this Thursday, September whatever, 6th, 7th. July. I called earlier today to comment about... Uh, Rob and Jim sounding alike. I just talked to my sister, who is a person that listens to your show frequently, and she told me that all by herself, that she (laughs) thought they sounded alike. I also... Uh, the last couple of times I talked to you, I sounded worse than usual because my allergies were in high gear with the sore throat, runny nose, etc. And I thought, my God, I didn't know I sounded so bad or I wouldn't have called a couple of weeks back. And even when I called a week ago. Anyway, we'll be back soon, I hope, Rob. Love you guys. Hey to Kev. Bye. Hey to Kev. Well, Gert, we hope you feel better. Um, I understand what she's talking about with those allergies. They give me headaches this time of year. But a couple people have said that the dude sounds like Rob, and then somebody else tweeted at me, uh, sounds like Rob with just a touch of hammer. Um, but whatever. Wow. I know that he had a lot of fun being here with me, but uh, you know what? He was working for free, and he had to actually do his 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 real, <laughs> his real job today because mama needs a new pair of shoes. It is 1046. You're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. with the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall still on paternity leave and Tony Kinnett is joining us. We've got a lot more phone calls. We're going to try and get through all of them. Somebody called with some news about uh, Greta Thunberg. Hey, I just saw on my phone where your favorite person, Greta Thunberg, (laughs) got arrested. So uh, I'm sure that you guys see that coming across the grid or whatever, but 
I just wanted to let you know that I'm out here paying attention to what's going on. And my favorite song is Cocaine. <laughs> da, da, yeah. da, 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 okay, cocaine. So, yeah. da, da. so uh, she was arrested. She was charged with disobeying police order. And this happened at a climate protest in Sweden. And if she is convicted for disobeying the police order, she could be handed a fine and up to six months in prison. So I just want to want to point out how hilarious it is that, you know, Captain Dropout um, is so angry that no one's paying attention to her anymore, that it's no longer to just run around going, how dare you stolen our dreams? And now she's, you know, joining the, the violent side of the things and throwing paint and stapling herself to trees and, you know, participating in the destruction of private property. And uh, all I can say is this, her revving up all of those idiots that are trying to destroy fine art in, in the Louvre mm. and in the, the London Museum of Natural History and, yeah. and around the around the, the uh, European theater. It good. I hope that she's in prison because she has done some truly horrible things. Other than that, though, this is why you don't drop out of high school, folks. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> All right, we've got another phone call at three one seven six eight four eight four four four. A family dispute about a candy bar. Your programming department does a great job scheduling a relief host for the great one, if you all call it that. Uh, so thanks to them, and thanks to all the good uh, stuff you bring to Sam Morning. One thing I got to, I want to ask for, this is very important, forget politicians and everything else that's supposedly important at the moment. You are running a spot for Almond Joy and for Mounds Candy Bars. The wife and I have an ongoing argument about what the last words that are sung in this spot consist of. She says it's almond love. I say it's Choco Joy. She has looked it up. She can't find anything on the internet on this. And if you can, would somebody please go through that national spot you're running for those Mars candy bars and find out exactly what the last few words they sing or hum or whatever they do in that thing at the end. Consist of break it down, run it slow mo. However, you can do that. I know you got the technical expertise, and the wonderful people can do it. So, would you please? And I'm sure we're not the only ones having this little spitting match over it. So, if you would be so kind to let us know what is it, Choco Joy, is it Choco Love? Just what the words are at the end of that spot being sung. Would appreciate. <laughs> this is important. Under Biden and his drugs are not important. Russia's not important. The economy's not important. We we gotta solve this family dispute between the two of us now. Please help us. Uh, potential fifty years of marriage are hanging on every answer. Oh given. no. Keep up the great work. I hope you can help us out on this and give the listeners something to talk about aside from their catchable. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that was Thomas Jefferson in the Declaration of Almond Joy Dependence. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I don't, I really can't stand almond joys or mounds. I can't. I, oh, I love I them. hate them so much. I hate coconut. Do, do you feel like a nut? Yeah, sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond joys got nuts, mounds don't. Well, I, I've heard that part of the commercial mm-hmm. and in the first part of the national spot, but then my brain's like, you don't like either of these candies, so Almond I tune Joy's out. Almond Joy's got rich milk chocolate, coconut and honey nuts, too. Mound's got deep dark chocolate, chewy coconut, ooh. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like a nut, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't. Peter Paul Almond's Joy got nuts. Peter Paul Mounds don't. Now, I don't... We, I don't think that's the national spot, though. I, 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 I thought she did say something about... 
chocolate love and joy or something chocolate love and joy yeah so i I guess they were both right then Mm -hmm. right that's the that's it exactly, Kevin. You're both right. I am going to keep an ear out, mm-hmm. and, and I will bring that up. I don't care if I'm on like a totally different show weeks from now. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, there's this one guy back in Indiana who really wanted to know he that national to know. spot. Well, well, Kevin just determined uh, you're both correct. So just hug and make up, and yeah, we, it'll all be good. We just saved their marriage. Uh, I know. <laughs> we are doing the Lord's work here, Kevin. Uh, it is 1053, and let's, uh, let's go another phone call. Somebody called about Joe Hogsett. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the thing I just heard on your voicemail segment with having to do with uh, our pal from Seymour, Jim Lucas. Oh. Now, I had remembered calling in one time uh, saying that Jim Lucas needed help for his really unhealthy obsession with Rob. Um, and by the way, Rob, congratulations to you and your wife on the baby. Uh, hope hope everything goes well. I hope, uh, hope nothing but for the best. But back to the Jim Lucas thing, I, when I heard he got arrested, I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I had just, like, spent some time. My phone call was used to trash him. I said he needed a therapy and needed to be institutionalized, all that stuff. You know what? Maybe I was all too right. You know, and, I, and I'm praying for him. I don't like a lot of what he does. I don't like the fact that he uh, does stupid stuff on Facebook, votes with Eric Holcomb all the time. But the guy, the guy, needs, the guy needs help. And this just proves it. I mean, maybe it's far more than any of us know, but the people of I want to say this to the people of Seymour. This is my message to you from a, guy, a young guy from Johnson County to all of you in Seymour. You guys deserve better than this. You, you, you're not getting the best. I mean, when I, I don't know when he's up for re-election, but you have the opportunity to vote him out. So do it for him. Not, if you can't do it for yourself, I'd say do it for him as well. He, he cannot be in office when he's in this con, kind of condition. He needs he needs help, so do it for him. I'd say do it for him. Do it for his own good. Tell him, look, Jim, you had a good run, but it's time for you to go for your own good. Okay, so he came out uh, yesterday, two days ago, and he posted something to Facebook, and it was what he called a confession. And he said his recent mistakes and hor- he had horrible judgment. He right. said he owned them. He owned it one, uh, 100%. But now today, a couple different publications are reporting that he had THC in his system after that crash, and that is the result of the ISP lab test. That's what they're showing. Of course, he's been an outspoken advocate for marijuana legalization right. in yeah. Indiana. However, it is still not legal in this state. So so that brings the question. That's actually what I'm talking with a couple of, uh, well, with, with a representative and a, and a couple of Indiana GOP guys at the moment over here on my lovely MacBook uh, talking about kind of how this all works. So depending on how frequently you use marijuana and depending on the metabolism that you have, Uh, If it's found in the blood, I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about the hair, not talking about in the fat, but if it's found in your blood, which is what this Indiana lab report determines. Yep, it was a blood sample. Then most likely it's within the last two to three days. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are a regular user, so both of this matters. If you're a regular user, it can be up to 30 days. And here's why this is important. He has not been in Michigan that much to be a regular user. And if he has been using it super recently, I don't think he was in Michigan in the last couple of days. So, uh, Indiana Joe Pete, time to censor this clown. Come on. Seymour deserves better. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.